Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ace of Geeks podcast that for once I'm not starting in the middle of a conversation because I have an introduction to do because we have a <laughs> guest. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining us this week. Uh, she is the media director for Kate Mulgrew. She is a frequent guest of many of your favorite Star Trek podcasts, like Women at Warp and Mission Log. Uh, and she messaged us on Twitter asking to come on this show for reasons that I don't understand. So, ladies and gentlemen, Amy, I'm Hoff. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Fireworks. So, okay, so <laughs> you. I'm going to do a little bit of a quick interview with you since you put us on the show before we start just sure. dive into the normal thing. Um, how did the whole, because I assume the whole, you know, media director for Kate Mulgrew thing started as Star Trek fan and grew into working for a captain. How did that all come about? Uh, so the the short story is that I started doing panels at Star Trek Las Vegas and other conventions around the U.S. Um, about, I think we're about seven years ago now. Um, and then in 2016, we had the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, and I really wanted the Women of Trek panel in Vegas to be on the main stage for once. Uh, so we, we thought, well, if we can get a captain to join us, we will have the star power, and they won't be able to deny us main stage time. <laughs> um, so I called Kate's manager, and I said, this is what's happening, and would she like to join us? And she said yes, which was wonderful. And I was backstage um, talking with her and about her online presence and about, you know, how because she's on Orange is the New Black and she was, you know, part of this Netflix show and all the other ladies on the show were saying, oh, you should join us. You should be more active online. And then I came to her and said, you should be more active online. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, she, she's not social media is not her forte. It's not her favorite, but she recognizes the value in it. And she definitely wants to be in touch with the fans. Oh, holy so, shit. Sorry, uh, I I just made the connection that Kate Mulgrew was Captain Janeway. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, maybe don't put that. <laughs> you just have to edit that out, man. Oh, <laughs> it, it's okay. We don't geek. Shame I am here. not a Trekkie. I am allowed oh, to be. Oh, you're ignorant. not a Trekkie. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's so funny. I don't. I don't think I've been on a podcast where everybody wasn't a Trekkie. <laughs> <laughs> in, in in our marriage, before I actually got into Star Trek, the joke was because I was a big Star Wars fan. The joke was that Mailing and I would be raising our children in both religions. Uh, yes, but and then... that is how that is how it is with my husband and myself. He was the <laughs> Star Wars fan growing up. I of course have converted him because I mean I work closely with the franchise now, which yeah. is yeah. lovely. Yeah. Well, Netflix is what got me. I because we, you know, I'd watched, I'd seen a lot of episodes on TV as a kid, but I never, mm -hmm. you know, because back in the '90s, you had it, if you wanted to watch every episode, you had to be there or you had to be really good at timing your VCR. Uh, and... I recall many a VCR uh, <laughs> session of programming that was what I went through. <laughs> I had a, uh, um, oh god, I just had a distinct memory of my dad. I was. I don't know why I wasn't home to watch them, but my dad programmed the VCR to tape 
um, the Phoenix Saga ep- episodes of the X-Men animated series. And I still don't know what happened. Nobody knows what happened. But if we, when you watch that tape back, it would start the episode. And then right as they go up into space, it would just go to static and be static for the next like two hours of videotape. <laughs> So yes, Netflix was a godsend when it came to getting finally getting my Star Trek education um, and learning to love all of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, and we are all very excited because Kate is coming back as Janeway yep. in uh, the new Star Trek Prodigy series, which is going to be um, oh, with, in conjunction cool. with Nickelodeon. Now um, I, kept I, that, I kept that a secret for almost two years, okay. and it almost killed me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I know now via some meetings with CBS some more details of how that's going to work, uh, and am very excited, but can't say anything about it. I imagine nope. you know some similar details. <laughs> I'm sure I know some similar details, but we will just say how excited we are and how great it's going to be. Yeah, I it, yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a because we had you know some character breakdowns and stuff. And there was one that was just a complete mystery. And then after that announcement, we were all like, wait a minute. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. (laughs) All right. Um, So here on this here Ace of Geeks podcast, uh, we dive Mm -hmm. into uh, what we've been doing in the week in pop culture. Um, And uh, I've actually been, um, so last week I talked about uh, Shadow of War, which was a uh, Lord of the Rings video game that was a uh, a, a very good game that was uh, that sort of got lost on release because it was uh, you know buried in microtransactions and unnecessary endgame content. Uh, and so I thought I'd continue the tradition. And this week I'm playing Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Which is another very good game. They got panned on release because it was buried in microtransactions and unnecessary endgame content. I was going to say, that trilogy does not make sense to me. But uh, (laughs) I think now I've picked up on the pattern. This so I I avoided this game for a while, even because the um the beta, they called it a beta, but it was basically a demo, uh, was not that exciting. Um and when I finally dove into the story mode after I bought it. It's incredible. Like, so the main focus character is Kamala Khan. Uh, You don't start as any of the Avengers. You start as Kamala and you start as Kamala at like 12 uh, winning an Avengers fan fiction contest and getting to go to this a day celebration. And so the first like 10 minutes of the game are just Kamala wandering around this huge like convention of Avengers, like merchandise and memorabilia and freaking out as like Thor wanders by and, you know, compliments her on her story. And actually Thor wasn't the one who remembered the story. Cap was the one who um, had read every single fan fiction entry they got sent. Cap (laughs) was the one who read every single fan entry because that's the type of person cap is yep and i I think thor would but he would he would read the like the graphic novel entries into the contest you know (laughs) or have a a bard read it to him because if any of them involve like fantastical battles that's just reading warrior poetry at that point (laughs) exactly exactly Uh, um but but it's it's a really cool moment because it really takes the time to put you in the head of this 12 year old you know fangirl who's really excited to meet her heroes and then you get these amazing moments you know because when you're talking to captain america uh black widow shows up and he introduces you and she goes oh right yeah that thing you had me do with the um the sewer grid that was awesome (laughs) it's just like 
<laughs> and I was sitting there in my seat just going, ah, the Avengers, talk to me. <laughs> Very um, POV. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's it's really, really cool and really sweet. Um, they, they made exactly the right choice by picking Kamala as the main character uh, because it puts you away from all of the, you know, uh, superheroes wow. and, yeah, who are a, a little bit harder to identify with. Um, What's the uh, gameplay like? How do they show her powers? It's a beat 'em up. Um, so you have light and strong attacks, uh, and then some special moves you can do. Uh, mm. So her, um, she, her Miss attacks, Marvel do a big stretch. Yep, her attacks are stretchy fists and more stretch, and sometimes stretchy kicks. Uh, and then you know her special moves are things like high five, where she just makes her hand huge and crushes everyone into a wall. Uh, her ultimate is this thing called embiggen, where she does the thing where she gets super tall and beats people up. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. There nice. it, it's pretty great. Uh Hulk ha- I've only gotten to play as Kamala and Hulk right now, but uh Hulk has his light attack is different in that if you hold it down, you just grab the person and start slamming them into the ground. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, very Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that that opening scene was kind of like itching a little bit of the FOMO or the mm. nostalgia we have for going to conventions. Cause, God, yes. Because oh, it's God, yes. been a hot minute. Well, and that was the greatest thing about conventions. Even the giant ones like SDCC, you could like, like I randomly had hallway conversations with John Barrowman and people like that. Like it's, it's amazing how much accidental socializing with your heroes you get to do with those. Amy, I'm sure you know more about that since you did huh? that to actually work with one of your heroes now. Yes, uh, <laughs> no, for sure. And I, I really miss those kind of opportunities that the conventions provide. I have to say that I'm not... Okay, so I go to the big events because obviously being you know a part of my job and part of my uh fandom is mm-hmm. you know and i also have other faves like i, I love gwendolyn christie for example i follow her mm, around who doesn't? <laughs> um i love the x-files so if david or jillian are anywhere, Hell yeah. then i uh then i happen to show up <laughs> usually i'm doing a panel on scully though i i have a i do what i call my ted talk on scully <laughs> nice um, yeah and I, that, that's been a I, I really love conventions that are kind of more of a middle size they're not super mm. t- i mean I, one of the conventions that i'm a main stage host is for um shore leave which is in hunt valley maryland every year it's one of the oldest it's one of the oldest running conventions in the country that is such an awesome name for a convention i love it <laughs> i love it too and it's so funny because they would have been i think their 41st year would have been last year Wow. Um, so they, yeah, so it's it's really awesome to be part of that family. And a lot of the Star Trek writers, um, like Dayton Ward and David Mack oh. and Keith DeCandido, they're all guests there. So they kind of welcomed me into the family, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. John Jackson Miller, he wrote one of the more, the Enterprise War. Oh, ones. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. One of the more recent books. Um, he wrote a bunch of Star Wars stuff, too, if I remember correctly. Yes, he is very prolific in, uh, in media tie-ins. So a lot of them are media tie-in writers. Um, yeah, and have like uh, Bob Bob Greenberger worked for Marvel and DC, you know, at one point. So uh, it's been nice to kind of network cool. in that way and kind of make friends among people who are really creating some of the, you know, fleshing out the world as it were. And now that the Star Trek books are sanctioned, which is before they saying like nothing was canon until recently. Yeah. 
Well, God, I remember reading like memory beta at some point and being like, okay, so wait, in one book Kira's dead and another she's alive. Yeah, Jane. How Wei are dies we allowing too. this? <laughs> yeah, Janeway dies too in one of them, and then she comes back. It's like a whole thing. But, um, but yes, it's how lovely many Jesuses do you have in Star Trek? <laughs> well, you you forgot well, the well, there's you, wormhole Jesus. <laughs> ah, right. <laughs> you, you forgot the book where Shatner Jesus is himself, Rowan. He's like, no, oh, I didn't wow. like that. I'm dead. The the Borg and the Romulans resurrected me. I guess. Sounds about right. As cool as that sentence was in terms of sa- of the sounds that you used to make it, I really enjoy just the process of Jesus Shatnered himself. <laughs> Shatnered Jesus himself, you mean? No, no, I like the inverse. Okay, is that what I said? <laughs> no, 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 you said it the right way around. Okay. I was just looking at that and going, okay, that's that's a cool that's a cool combination of words, but what if you flipped it? <laughs> Flip it good. But, uh, but yes, I've only been to San Diego one time. I do go to New York Comic Con every year, and it's always a lot of people. <laughs> I'm curious, oh. where would you much. rank? I'm curious, where would you rank STLV on giant to midsize to small? Uh, they are um so the at the Rio, the ballroom holds six thousand people. Right. Uh, they wanted to move into the new convention center that's attached um to. I think it's attached to. I have to look at look at it. It's a new hotel. It's not too far from um, Harrah's, and it's over on that side of the strip. Okay. Um, and that was a ten thousand person capacity. So I see that as like kind of middle of the road, like ten okay. to twenty thousand. Um, yeah. Awesome Con in DC is definitely more middle of the road. Um, the events that Ace Comic Con puts on are about ten to fifteen thousand, and I think that's actually the perfect size because they. <laughs> Had great line management. They have the biggest. I mean, they had all the Avengers. They, you know, the Kit, Kit Harrington, Gwendolyn Christie. You know, everybody was really, really well. It was just well done. That's that's, that's awesome. how I can put it. Yeah, yeah. I was but, surprised because, uh, um, you know, I'd been to Comic Con and WonderCon and stuff, and uh, you know, all of my my coworkers were like, "STLV is amazing. It's like the biggest convention." And I went there, and I was like. <laughs> This is a medium-sized convention, guys. Yes, it's, it's great. It's great, it's... but this is a medium-sized convention. <laughs> I I prefer the mid to mid medium and and below because I feel like you have a greater sense of family. Mm-hmm. You see your you mm-hmm. know you see the same people every year. You see your friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. long ago stopped needing stopped having to go to conventions just to get autographs and pictures. I go now to like see my friends and of course to do panels and to work. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. like um uh I. Oh my god now it's like 10 years ago uh mike and i went to a power ranger convention and it was super small like i think there was only like yeah this was the first ever power rooms, ranger convention or whatever and like yeah. it because it was the first one like the the actors we're kind of surprised that people wanted a convention of just them. And it was like the most <laughs> amazing experience ever because you're absolutely correct. You you really get that like quality time with the actors and and all the other people who work on the show. And it was just it was amazing. Like I Yeah. I that won't one was, ever remember that. That one was funny because all of those guys now have, you know, media representatives and stuff. But at that convention it was literally like they got a phone call and left their like firefighter jobs or whatever they'd gone into after Power Rangers and showed up to suddenly realize that there were adults standing around who wanted to meet them because they'd been fans since they were kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean every time I go to a con and I see one of the actors from Power Rangers, they always have a big line. Yeah. yeah. 
It's true. Yeah. There used to be a um, uh, convention around here that moved down to Anaheim um, that's... Um, WonderCon. WonderCon. Kind of, yeah, WonderCon. Uh, kind of yeah. middle, I suppose. It wasn't huge. Um, yeah. But I got to meet so many cool people that way, including and wear costumes. Uh, one year, Mei Ling made me a uh, Link costume and um, the people from um, from X-Files were there and I got to go up and ask a question and all of the actors wanted to talk about was what I was wearing. Yeah, David Duchovny grilled you for like like 20 minutes, uh, not 20 minutes, no, but like two minutes, two minutes, two minutes on your costume and was like, oh, wait, what was your question? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure I, was... I watched that panel because I watch all of their panels if I am unable to be there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure fun. that the I, I, I have a recollection of them doing a little con in L.A. where because it's very unusual to have both of them be at a convention together, David and Jillian. So I think this was when one of the movies was coming Not out. Surprised. Yeah, I think yeah, it was. I think it was. I want to believe it was the second one because if it was yeah. 10 years ago, that's about the right timing for that. Yeah, it had a yeah, little yeah. bit of a Frankensteinian bent. It was an odd movie, but I really liked it. <laughs> yes, you I, like I, I like it. I mean, I love X Files, but I mean that that movie I don't think was as good as the first one in terms of. Oh, agree. It was just a big X File, right? And I mean, I just yeah. liked seeing them on screen again. They could be doing whatever; it doesn't matter. <laughs> I agree. I kind of appreciated that it was so different from the first one because I kind of like the story stuff and the standalone stuff in X Files kind mm -hmm. of equally. Sometimes the story can weigh down on me. So it was really good yes. to get one that was just not even goofy, but just viscerally interesting. Agree. Yeah, I think um, they also were able to bring in like other people that were not just David and Jillian. So I think it helped. I mean, I, I would rather yeah. see them fight, you know, solving cases. But in a movie situation, you need to have a, a strong supporting cast. And, yeah. you know, they, they did for that one. And um, the actor, uh, he played Liabin on Battlestar Galactica. He's in everything. I see him all the time. Sure. Um, he was in it as well, and I was like, "Oh, he's always a good bad guy." Was that all? Uh, did that all come out of talking about the Marvel game? Yeah, yeah that all came out of talking yes. about the Marvel game. Yeah, we, we went on a we went on a giant uh, tangent, like we do about conventions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which was an adventure. All very much missing right now. Oh my god! Mm, yeah, because so mm. also like. I, I love what you were talking about, too, that now we go to conventions, you know, to, like, see our friends. In fact, we have some dear, dear friends that we met at role-playing game conventions. Yeah. And, oh. and now, like, we're hanging out in different ways because we can't see each other anymore, you know, like, our once or twice mm -hmm. a year. And it's... Conventions are just a really, really special thing. They are. And, um... Please, everyone, just wear your mask so we so can, we can go back. back. So I can go <laughs> back and celebrate. And so Kate and the creek, the cast can go back and celebrate their 25th anniversary, which is what they were robbed oh, of last God, year. God, that's <laughs> right. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, I felt really bad. Okay. I, felt, I feel bad because, I mean, we she, does, she usually only does like one or two conventions a year because she was so busy filming uh, Orange is the New Black. And then when she finished that up, she did a quick stint on Mr. Mercedes, and then we had everything planned for this year. I think she was going to do something like 14 appearances, and uh, wow. we were really excited. But <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there again. 
Oh, everything's man. been everything's been on zoom and i've i have actually been trying to harness the cast to get a cast zoom together um you know in support of you know a charitable or you know yeah. science-based science-based organization or something like that those but, panels are um, fun. like the, the online panels i thought they would be awkward and weird to host they're actually kind of fun like they are fun yeah i really enjoyed your interview with sam whitwer oh thank you yes i that really was a lot I of fun watched, sam is great i watched uh, both of them <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw uh, the one with Mary Chifo, but we got her to tell the chat to I experience Beach, and that Mary. was awesome. She's great. She's super <laughs> she was cool. on my Women in Star Trek panel in 2019, so or 2018. Yeah. I think you guys were on stage right before us, because um, okay, uh, yes, because I wanted to. I remember saying I have to stay because like Thomas and Nick and everybody were there, and I want to support them. So yeah. <laughs> uh cool so what else has people been doing this week watching the expanse Ooh, yes okay i need to get into the expanse tell me why <laughs> uh, because it is the best science fiction on television right now <laughs> it is the perfect mix of social science hard science fiction and a little bit of not quite mysticism but definitely beyond human ken oh so good yeah it's great um, I also think that the women are exceptionally strong on the show. Um, mm -hmm. It's almost entirely women of color, which is unusual and wonderful that mm -hmm. they get to have such a variety of characters and also women who are in positions of power. Um, my favorite character is Aversorella, who is the, mm -hmm. you know, when, when we start the expanse, you know, she's the head of the UN uh, on Earth. So, you know, she's a very political figure and she has a lot of uh, political intrigue surrounding uh, her office and of course the other people at the UN who are either trying to undermine her um and and you know take her <laughs> take her power um and, and then she retires yeah she retires and then again but then again mm -hmm. the season after a crisis she's called back to help which i think is wonderful and she's she's it's a great it's a great uh it's a great role for an actress um of a certain age because i think it's unusual that we that we see women in, in, in that position of power frequently in yeah. sci-fi. Cause usually was, they're like, my, Oh, sorry. No, I, was I, was, I mean, was... you know, the, you get like a scoldy admiral of, on Star Trek and that's kind of about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also really allow her to um, play up senses of style and glam Ooh. to create part of her presence where when she like manipulates props and things, you get a really good sense that, she knows exactly where that object was made and how the person who made it probably lived because her knowledge of the people who operate in this truly like different uh, global society that the UN represents um, is she's a real queen in a lot of ways. Oh, she was yeah. my favorite character in the book. Well, her and I forgot her name. Uh, Bobby, I think the Martian. I love Bobby Draper. Yeah. She's Bobby a Martian Marine. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. she's so badass. Although I have to say, this season, Naomi was fucking mythic. MVP of the season is so, Naomi Nagata. She's oh fantastic. Absolutely. Her she so we're going full spoilers. Um, that's yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll forget. Spoilers <laughs> for the expanse season, ahead. She yes. is brought in. An expanse this... of spoilers, you might say. Yes. Um, she has been exposed to this incredibly, like, 
vividly rough emotional brush from her past as she's having to investigate and then live with her ex um, and their son who um, her ex has turned into a zealot um, and is trying to prove himself in this rebellion that is actually very cult-like and uh, pushed by her exes uh, Marco and Narios's, um, uh, I guess you, kind of I think like it's more like his ideology life. about the belt. So in the expanse, you have uh, earth, Mars and the belt. Mm -hmm, so the right. belt is the asteroid belt between earth and Mars. And the, the belters who live on the asteroids, um, are generally poor. They are, um, they have, they have less gravity so that their, their bone density is not the same as, as people who okay. grew up on earth and Mars, you know, they have less muscle mass. It's, it's like, they're they're the disenfranchised of the three. The mm. Martians are more of militaristic. The the people of Earth have all of Earth's resources, and they don't need to terraform. You know, Earth supports life. Mm. Um, and then on the asteroids, they have it's a it's a lot of people who are. I kind of get the sense that you know you you want to think about think of them as like laborers and like coal miners and like they staff the ships, they do the shitty jobs nobody else wants to do, like that kind of thing. They also do a lot of frontier stuff where like major economic decisions on earth can starve whole populations of people who were told that investors were going to pay for them to like take look at this swath of meteorite there's a real sense of um kind of neo-columbian exchange like complexity of human and material uh, movement throughout the solar system and the experiences that people have in this story are just so deeply rooted in um, oppression ideology and the raw needs of life that are very rare in space so it sounds like a really lighthearted show that uh, doesn't make you think and uh yeah no, that actually sounds really really amazing and awesome but it also sounds like you kind of got to be in a mindset. I'd yeah. say that that's true for the the last couple seasons. The first one is is the first couple seasons are more dealing with um, you know, there's a World more building. obvious like alien threat. Uh, you know, it, there there's a, a there's this there's this mo there's a there's a scientific compound called a proto molecule, and it starts to evolve and it starts to spread. And it's like the humans are have something very clear to fight. You know, so, yes, they fight amongst these themselves, but they're also have a larger goal of fighting this proto molecule and and thomas mm -hmm. jane is in the first couple seasons and he's a belter he's a detective and he's he starts out investigating oh, so the, yeah he starts out investigating the disappearance of a wealthy scientist slash politician's daughter and it, it leads them to the proto molecule and it's very uh it's 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 got a very like hard like you said a hard science base which i think is a, a little different than a lot of the sci-fi you know it's not the same kind yeah. of we're moving around mm -hmm. on ships and fighting. It's more like we're trying, like you said, we're trying to survive. We're trying to figure out what, the th how to face this threat because there's no aliens, right? They, at least they didn't, they don't think there are aliens at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there that's are a lot of physics-based yeah. problems. And yeah. Um, you yeah. know, that excites me. I'm all like, whoo, actual science? What? Well, maybe, maybe we it's can give it very, another shot. It's also very realistic in terms of the way that they handle outer space. So there's no sound. Yes. The all directions are possible. You know, they they suffer the effects of being exposed. You know, immediately, like that kind of thing. 
That's awesome. There's also no like Star Wars hand wavy inertial dampeners. So one of the um, possible effects of going at high speed is that you could simply have a stroke because the body is Jeez. not meant to deal with that many G's. And um, there's there's no way to like keep that from happening, save for safety protocols. But something could slam into you at high speed and like all that force is now your current reality. Um, they do a lot of horrifying early cool battle scenes where they show just how brutal something like a um um uh, what what do you call it? electric gun um uh, railgun railgun yeah what yeah. a railgun can do is just horrifying but yes, Naomi, i remember right? that yeah. oh god that was gross oh it was it was the grossest part of the show <laughs> yeah um, we tried we tried to get into it i, I we need to give it another chance bailey yeah. and i both tried into it i love the books and then when we tried to watch it i don't know it was the beginning of the first episode they establish early that all of their heroes are dicks and then they now that i finished the episode because i went back and finished it i remember that they unestablished that and show you that they're all good people by the end of the episode but we watched like 10 minutes and it was like you know um uh Thomas Jane's character uh, lets a bunch of people die because he's taking bribes, and um, the the really awesome lady you were just talking about is like straight up torturing a belter, and there was there was a lot of stuff that we were just like, yeah, maybe not. But I think it was also we we started watching it. Like I said, you and I, we need to be in a certain mindset to watch something heavy like that. Yeah. You know, where mm. it's like. I think we were kind of wanting more of like a Firefly sci-fi or like a Killjoys sci-fi, yeah. which is like all fluff. Like, let's be real. It's fluff. It's great, but it's fluff. And yeah. so like, and there's nothing wrong with doing that either. Yeah. But yeah. True. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll give it another chance because like everyone's just like totally freaking out about it. And last season they went to a different galaxy because there was a basically a portal that opened mm -hmm. um as a result of the dealing with the proto molecule. And that was interesting to see what humans have to go through in order to create acceptable living conditions on a new planet. It also had a absolute dick of a scientist colonist played by what's his name scientist from um pacific rim who looks oh, very yes. daunting dour um yeah, uh, that was the last guy season. from the guy from uh, uh always sunny no 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 Other no, no, no no okay um Hold the on, dark haired taller one um he plays this scientist who is just downright early american history level ruthless he is so oh. terrible so incredibly politically self-serving and oriented to his own mission and very oh my god he is the most incredible antagonist i really <laughs> enjoyed seeing him get his ass kicked by avis oh great um, amos beat the shit i love amos and he, amos, you know, he, oh He's Amos a character so that was, yeah, he's a character that was not as prominent in the, you know, he was, he was a great side, more of a side character in the first couple seasons, and now he's really mm -hmm. come into his own, and I think that's wonderful. Character Amos is the guy who captains a... that one ship, right? Is no, that... Uh, maybe. 
No, Amos is like the muscle. He's like oh, the, okay. you know, oh, he's on the right. Resonante okay. with Holden. Yeah, okay. Holden is the guy I was yeah. thinking of. Holden, yes. Holden, I was like, Holden is, the, is the skinny guy. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking go circling back to Naomi for a second, the thing I really enjoyed is um that she is in two very different types of horrifying situations. Arcs being a thing for these characters you get to see people like Amos change or change how you as the audience see him. But with Naomi, she is forced to hang out uh, with these, with her ex and uh, her son um, while also having her escape from that abusive environment held over her. And they're being very quiet about um, kind of what that traumatic time was and how bad it was for the son who was told that she left um and she recreates it to escape them again and does a mm -hmm. spacewalk to get to her ship with no suit and an oxygen injector for like 20 seconds just her in space and after oh they had God. set up the yeah. deadliness of space for like four freaking seasons God, like that. It was, it was, we, my husband and I were just like shrieking. We were like, What's she doing? What's she doing? <laughs> it was, it and, was, she and then makes she suffers. It. Yeah, she <laughs> makes it and she suffers the effects of oxygen deprivation for the rest of the se the rest of the season, which is like yeah, three more episodes anything. after that. And she's like, she, Her eye, her, uh, her, the blood vessels in her eyes have burst. It's like, Oh, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just hard to oh, it, it's, it was like a very visceral, she has that radiation she had by poisoning. Herself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like there's no food. She's not comfortable. She's in a castaway like situation. And she finds out that the ship that she is on, which her captors didn't even mean to put her on, is booby trapped so that when her friends show up to save her, they will all die. And so she is trying to undo this bomb and change the communication. And it's uh she yeah, just there's goes an outgoing the message that they faked. Thing. So yeah, it's, it was a yes. It was a very diehard moment for like. Mo I say moments. I mean like suffering uh, over, yeah, over like, four. I was a tiny arc. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Discovery did Die Hard on a spaceship this year. Yes, so, yeah. and I loved it. It was so good. And then actually, that episode wearing shoes. And I, I know that's like, that, but that episode like made my made my rule of if you can't do a Die Hard episode without actually having them take off their shoes for no apparent reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is that later in the season? Uh, are that you still on season finale. three, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That is the finale. It was oh, okay. Finale, yeah. Cool. I am looking forward to that. My Star yeah. Trek was on the computer that went down, but oh no. <laughs> I'm really loving season three. So, yeah, season three. I think they, were, they really so found good. their they found their it, feet in season three. I think. Yeah, they really, really did. Um, okay, so speaking of TV shows, we should spend a little time on the elephant in the room this week. Uh, the giant elephant. Uh, one division. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I, but I know, um, Amy, you haven't seen it yet. So if you want to remain spoiler free, you could feel free to just like. Okay, I'll uh, head out because I, I'm interested. I'm always interested to hear what's happening, especially when one of the lead characters is such a powerful woman. And okay. I will, right. I will be watching it eventually. So, okay, well, there are some spoilers, but okay. I understand. Um, I have accepted my fate. Okay, <laughs> we're about because we are about to spoil the biggest twist in the show so far. Just okay. to be clear, before okay, all right, if you're okay with that, I am okay. Uh, 
holy shit, what? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, if, just to give you a little context before we just freak out for three days. Um, uh, the end of the latest episode uh, saw um, uh, Wanda's dead brother Pietro come back. But Except not the Pietro not... from the Marvel movies. The Pietro, Pietro from the X-Men, X-Men movies. Which, yeah. what the fuck? And right you when she do does that? it. Is that even legal? The people watching go, she recasts Pietro. It's so good. So freaking good. It's so I, great. When they said that, so they said early on that WandaVision was going to lead into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, and I really thought, that that meant they were going to invent their own multiverse. But now that there's all these rumors of like, uh, you know, well, not even just rumors, like the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies is here. Um, and there, there's been rumors that Chris Evans is coming back to the Marvel universe. Uh, uh, there's, you know, the whole thing about the next Spider-Man movie, having everyone who's ever played Spider-Man in it. And I'm kind of oh. like, so, so what we're doing is instead of like, creating our own multiverse. We're treating all of the films that have ever happened with these characters as a multiverse. That is so freaking cool. Such we're, putting, cool idea. we're putting Very the X-Men for someone universe by up. just yanking them through the multiverse. I love that. Please do you tell me more. And considering the way that corporations have been traditionally acting around these properties, this is like who frames Roger Rabbit kind yeah. of wild. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Um uh the chris evans thing i you know initially when i heard about that i was like well why would they bring captain america back so quickly but i don't think he's coming back as captain america i think he's coming back as the human torch which what the hell oh the human torch i heard the human porch for a second the other thing about this um is that the episode drew a lot of motifs around not only death dying, but how um, how Wanda is thinking about the things that she is obviously trying to ignore. Um, and Mayling, you had a really good theory about what's going on here. Yes. And um, so we know for a fact that her babies, which she just willed into existence, are not oh. under her purview of control. Yeah, she um, can't control them. Do you remember in the black them. and white? Do you remember in the black and white episodes all the times that everyone said in stereo for the children? Yeah, yeah. Before exactly. she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but like, uh, in the episode beforehand, um, they got a dog and then. Uh, the dog died, and they were like, you know, Mom, you can fix everything. Why don't you fix this? And she's like, you know, there's certain rules. And um, what I really think is that earlier in that episode, she had mentioned that she had a brother. Um, and that he was far away. He's far away, and that makes Mommy sad, right? That he's not there. And so I think the boys are trying to make Wanda feel better by bringing her brother back, but they've never met the brother. And so they've just kind of pulled a Pietro from somewhere um, to come back, which, Mm -hmm. which is why Wanda was like, 
who the fuck are you basically at the who end. Who the fuck are you? But also I, I recognize you, but who yeah, are you? Yeah. It's like, I recognize the feeling and like who you're supposed to be. And especially when he's like, you know, uh, I'm your long lost brother or whatever. And so it's just kind of yeah. like, and I, we already know the, um, uh, the field automatically changes things, things when they come in so that they fit the narrative. So, right. Uh, if he got pulled in from another universe, it would have just been like, you know, okay, cool. Uh, now you're quick. So now you're her long lost brother. Uh, go play a comedy character, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are a miniature. The fawns. Yeah. <laughs> that but was like, such a I, cool. That was such a cool moment to experience, though. You're like, oh god, she brought, she subconsciously brought back her brother, and then you see his face, and you're like, wait, that's not Quicksilver, and then you're yeah. like, wait, that is Quicksilver, but it's the <laughs> different Quicksilver. What? Well, and I, I actually yeah. didn't realize who it was at first. I was like, oh, they cast somebody else as Quicksilver. That's weird. I guess they're going to explain like that later, and then Quicksilver. It got to oh, me god. like, uh, holy what? <laughs> like he he had the best scene in a terrible movie in X Men Apocalypse. It was such a good scene. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like definitely Wanda is losing control. Um. Well, and she, the, sorry, go ahead. Um. And I think part of it is now that I think about it, she was trying to keep Vision away from cavorting with the locals i guess because you know like the library club the the boys club was very exclusive and they were like oh you just don't seem like the type of guy who would be into this and so it could have been that like she was trying to keep vision away from kind of making friends well, the more but, he interact, the more he interacts with the people exactly. outside in the simulation, the more he re- realized that things are not normal. Exactly, exactly. Say, in this episode, they hit us with a frying pan of uh, vision suffering. Uh, this yeah. is yeah. a situation in which he is in a Descartesian hell. Yeah, um, he doesn't like the whole fact that he doesn't remember anything beforehand, which we didn't know until this episode. Like that's terrifying. That's messed up. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't know where he is or what's real, and the yeah. things that he realizes are frightening. Um and it god, it's just and the only so... person the only person he can ask for clarification is his wife and he knows that she has lied to him about things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's as true. a as a uh, outside observer to this, where in the timeline is this taking place in terms this of is, vision? This is post Endgame, so Vision post is Endgame. dead, uh, and it was confirmed in a previous episode that he we're looking at his corpse walking around. Uh, that Wanda has done something to reanimate him, uh, yeah. but we don't Ew. know what, and we don't know how. Uh, we know she stole his body from Sword, who's the sort of new Shield, who was um, mm-hmm. definitely experimenting on him. They had him yeah. in pieces on a table, uh, yeah. and uh, but we don't know how she mm-hmm. brought him back um, at all. I gotcha. Thank you for filling yeah. me in. No problem. <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting because there's... It's highly suggested that the um, Mind Stone may not be in, uh, involved because when we reveal his dead self, there's no Mind Stone there. Yeah. yeah, there's just a blasted crater in his face where it used to be. Yeah, yeah. it's 
a terrifying image. Yep. Yeah. And I, I'm curious if that's what Wanda's seeing all the time. Uh, God. Or if that was just something that popped up every now and then. If she's oh, God. staring at her husband's corpse as the she interacts way, with him every day. The writers are using Wanda to her full goddess potential is so joyous. It is. Like, really good. The, she is at full House of M level. Um, but unlike House of M or level. all of the other situations where Wanda is shown to be super powerful, she's not a MacGuffin who doesn't have any character. They no, actually it's gave all about who she is. She, yeah, no, Wanda is the plot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is absolutely lovely because you know, like Amy was saying, it's really exciting to see a series about a powerful woman who is in control, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Literary self versus self conflict. Here. Yeah, and, and I mean, we, we've talked about this before, I think last week, that, you know, it's so refreshing to have, you know, a super powerful person who thinks at least thinks that they are in control of these decisions that they are doing and like and understands what they're doing and is yeah and and we saw it in the last episode now when she came out she was just like look i know what i'm doing leave me alone and so i won't have to hurt you yeah you know and so it's just like just give me this moment of peace let me live this out for a little bit because haven't I suffered enough? Yeah, and, and of course the answer would be absolutely sure, we'll let you do that except you kidnapped an entire town full of people to pull this off, Wanda. Right, so... right. you know, and it's it's kind of like the 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 means are not justifying the need for therapy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> incredibly um, causal in how the MCU has set up her backstory. That is exactly how she was raised as yeah. a um, as a captive of Hydra and an experiment. Yeah. And for her, there is a normalcy in this logic that is extremely psychologically evocative. Oh, that's and, really um, cool. I hadn't the, thought of that. The commercial yeah, you take what you need. Yeah, you take what you need. Other human lives are only resources that you can or cannot exploit. Yeah. Well, and then that also brings up the interesting plot of the fact that sword is no longer sentient worlds, but sentient, sentient weapons. weapons. And right. it's like, what are they going to say in using sentient beings as weapons? Yeah. You know, it's well, like, and we know, we how know the are vision, we going to draw that line? We know the Vision's will was, don't use me as a weapon. I don't want to be experimented on. Yet, they hadn't, didn't have him buried. They had him broken apart on a table. So, yeah, as they much were at as the very least taking diagnostics. Yeah, and as much as they're moralizing about, you know, Wanda not respecting his will. Uh, well, yeah, not doing it either. The antagonism of S.W.O.R.D. is very well characterized in this yeah. episode. Yeah, we've established that the director is serving his own purposes and will say whatever it takes in order to get results out of people. Yeah. Yeah. But no matter what, I just want an entire show of Jimmy Woo and Dr. Lewis. Yes. 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 And Monica Monica can join them too. Yeah, they make a great team. That's the Marvel X-Files we need. That's the Marvel X-Files we all deserve. Yes. 
I imagine Monica will eventually um, become um, Miss Marvel um, or some other superpower. Uh, photon. Photon. He's Photon. Yeah. Photon. Yeah. Ah, she's Photon. So at that um, point, she may no longer be at Wu's um, magic trick. Kind of <laughs> uh, he's just so damn charming. Did you, did anybody yeah, else besides Mailing and I see Always Be My Baby? Because that's a delightful film. Yes. I mean, Keanu Reeves was in it. Of course I saw it. Yeah, oh, of well, course. Yeah, okay. What, what I love, like, total uh, conversation shift. But Always Be My Baby, Ali Wong, who wrote that movie. Oh my god, I'm so into Ali Wong right now. She's amazing. I, I just love her really book. Funny. I just yeah. bought her book because I watched her second special because I had seen Baby Cobra and then I had So seen... good. I I just I just laughed. I mean, you need to watch fun stuff in quarantine, and that was watching mm-hmm. some comedy specials that have been on my list for a while. Um, I have to say, I love her. She is the best. She had the one where she was like eight months pregnant doing it. The stand up, right? That's Baby Cobra. Yeah. that's Baby yeah. Cobra. Oh, that's Baby so Cobra. Like, okay. And she's Honestly, pregnant in the second one too. She is. Yeah. So I think like her thing is just being pregnant during her specials, but like <laughs> she's just freaking phenomenal but basically she wrote always be my baby so she could kiss maybe, both darling, darling, always be my baby sorry always be my maybe um so she could kiss both keanu reeves and randall park that, that's, job, fair. that's fair get like, it. Get it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i would so, do if i had any kind of power over my hell yeah <laughs> uh rowan if you haven't seen it um sit down with stephanie one night and watch it it is a glorious romantic comedy uh and keanu reeves plays a huge dick version of himself uh well with- i mean this is this is great timing for that kind of recommendation because valentine's day is coming up yep <laughs> Here we go. Uh, That would be when one of our um, small role-playing conventions, DungeCon, would normally be on. And so not happening this year. But uh, in our... They're doing a virtual one, though. I keep getting... Well, an unofficial virtual one. But I'm getting emails about it. Yeah, they're doing... uh, Farpoint is just... So Farpoint and Shore Leave are two conventions that are um, very closely linked, and they're both normally in Hunt Valley, Maryland, but they're both virtual, right, this year. And Farpoint um, is is happening, I think, in like a week or two. I have to check my schedule. Yeah, a lot of places have done... You know, you sort of thought the virtual convention thing would be lame, and a lot of people have done it, and it's actually been really cool. Well, it kind of democratizes the experience to a certain point. Well, that and we're just deprived and we need people. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. That might be it, too. I but will it not is, deny it. It is nice to see the people who maybe wouldn't be able to come that year because of finances or because they live yeah. in, like, Australia or, like, you know, something like that. So Yeah. Like the um, uh, the con- the mini convention we did for um, our first, you know, Klingon release this year was just really fun. Day of um, Honor. Yeah, the Day of Honor. <laughs> I definitely tuned in to see JG, uh, JG Hertzler and just misbehaving <laughs> all around the place, which is what he's good at. Oh God, him and Robert O'Reilly. Like that's not a that's not a panel. That's just the two of them riffing for for an hour. Nope. <laughs> you just hold on for the ride. <laughs> no, I know, and I, I've I've heard you know a little bit about how lovely JG was when he came in to record for STO. And yeah, he's amazing. Um, yeah, I have nothing but happy kind my, things to say about him. Although He's my like, my 
Like my favorite JG story is actually not a Star Star Trek related one at all. Uh, but um, I don't even remember how this came up. But he and Al were talking about something by my desk, and it's sword fighting. No, no, Vigo Mortensen came up. That's right. We were talking about Vigo Mortensen, and I mentioned offhandedly because I will take any opportunity to drop Bob Anderson's name that Bob Anderson said that uh, Vigo was the best sword fighter he'd ever trained. Uh, and JG had a moment and said, "He said that." That's interesting. He trained me. <laughs> we had a, this now whole conversation. we had this oh, whole conversation no. about uh, JG's episode of Highlander, where he was needing a sword fight that Bob Anderson trained him in. And oh my God, I yeah. Anytime I can get to so Bob Anderson, if you don't know, uh, Amy, is, um, the guy who choreographed the Princess Bride, Highlander, yes, I Lord am, of the Rings. Yes, I, I am familiar. I've watched all of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> extended content <laughs> nice okay good uh so yeah uh, bob's my hero kid um and uh um uh yeah so anytime i get to tangentially to someone who knew him because i never got to meet him it's just the highlight of my day i went to a sword fighting experience with uh uh what's his name the high, uh duncan mcleod from the tv show um, Adrian Paul, yes, thank you, uh, at a tiny convention in Sacramento. And at the end of the convention, I was like, did you ever get to beat my Bob Anderson? He's like, oh, yeah, I spent a lot of time with him. And I was like, can I ask you a million questions? And he walked away because <laughs> it was the end of his experience. Yeah, he did, he did Star Wars too, right? Uh, yes, he did. He was Darth Vader oh, in Empire and Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, well, he was in the, in the sword fights in Empire and Jedi. Sorry. <laughs> not, yeah. not the rest of the movie. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, awesome. Rowan, you got any, you got any anime you've been watching this week? Um, so my again because, and this is purely because Valentine's Day is coming up. My anime recommendation this week is for uh something that's just kind of light and sweet and wholesome. Yay! Uh, it's Horimiya, which is currently airing on Hulu. It's Horimiya. Um, basically, it's a nice. A uh, slice of life romantic comedy about high schoolers. Uh, she is like the really studious, pretty girl who everybody likes at school. He is the glasses wearing, gloomy looking, dweeby otaku looking dude. But both of these people have separate lives that are completely different from what people expect at school. Uh, Basically, the girl is the surrogate mom for her little brother because her mom is always at work. So she's kind of a homebody. And the boy... I keep expecting has... the twist to be that somebody's like a demon hunter, but please continue. <laughs> no, and, and the boy has fuck tons of piercings and tattoos uh, and is actually pretty hot. And an, <laughs> and an idiot. Is. And an idiot. Oh, of course though, he is. Uh, I would love to say together they fight crimes, but no. Instead, they just <laughs> randomly run into each other one day and they're like, wow... You're completely different from how I thought you'd be, but this is cool. And then they start is hanging out. Cute. Uh, sort of, yeah. Hey. So it's I've been I've been watching it. There are about five episodes of it out on Hulu right now. It's just really great to watch, and all of the su- supporting characters are genuinely good people as well. Like oh, that's nice. This, like w- there's a there's a separate character who has a crush on the main female lead who doesn't make a big deal about it and isn't a jerk to the dude who she actually likes just because you like, yes. <laughs> Instead, they're just, they're just friends. And he's like, you know what? You deserve friendship. And I need to just 
figure out how to be me and move on and be okay. Cause like uh-huh. I can't be with her and she doesn't want me that way. And I, that's just how it is. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I should be a terrible person just because I'm sad. So it's like, it's, 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 nice it's so good. Feminist such a change. nice change. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's such a good, especially for man. anime where usually he'd be trying to look up her skirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's another turn thing. These that... crushes way more emotionally healthy. Yeah, 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 and that's one of the other nice things about this this anime. There's the only fan service is oh my gosh, heart flutter, doki doki. This is romantic kinds of things. Not hey, look at these boobs and butts. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, I the thought. closest they the closest they get is hey, you know how the how our our male lead looks really dweeby. Now he's in the male dressing room with the dude who has the crush on the the girl lead, and he's like, "Hey, why do you always wear your full tracksuit? Aren't you hot in the in the summer?" And he starts taking it off, and he's like, "I I have to wear this because I have tattoos." And of course, the kid is fucking ripped. Uh, <laughs> Aren't you hot? Yes, I am. Steamy. <laughs> anyway. Um, Yes, it's it's very good. I highly recommend it. That sounds lovely. Yes. Uh, Jairus, we haven't bugged you yet. What have you been up to this week? Oh, my thing was The Expanse. I watched oh, okay. all of season five over the weekend. <laughs> all of it. Oh my, you must be uh, you must be emotionally drained. I, I <laughs> Might I recommend some Great British Baking Show that would restore your soul? Something like that would be lovely. I have to say, I really liked it. Um, in that it dealt, I think, with a little bit more social science stuff that I'm interested in, like the economy of connection instead of raw material that the Belters use um, and similar things. It just made me feel good about the way the show depicts humanity. Amos's story also was like unusually hopeful. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I would agree with that. And he ended on a very hopeful note. Um, yes, and I also think did. it was nice that Holden's character kind of took a step back and really let Naomi do the heavy lifting this season. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was obviously very conscious on the choice of the writers, and maybe the actor was like, I'm hardly on screen, <laughs> but but uh, we'll mm-hmm. never know. But um, like we were saying before about the whole having a stroke thing, one of the uh, one of the <laughs> actors on the show was accused of sexual misconduct, and I have to say that they handled it right away he is no longer yes, on the show did. and he died in a pretty shitty way so. yeah it's like uh it's like what they did on picard to uh what's his name uh, yeah each that's right there's a, for those of you who don't know there was a character on uh voyager um who uh, his actor is a big huge jerk and has been accused yep. of a lot of things basically harassed jerry ryan on set in the 90s and has not gotten better since then uh and so on picard they brought his character back played by a different actor to brutally murder him immediately yeah, it, it was <laughs> actually i thought it was kind of great because yeah. I, I have i have experienced that actor in person firsthand in my oh, face God. and i'm God. not a fan of i'm not a fan of them so <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah so but i think that it was it showed that they are taking the accusations that have been leveled against Cass Anvar, the, the actor from the expanse of seriously. And yes. I think that, you know, even though his character doesn't die in the books, there was really no 
quibbling about it. They were like, we're writing him yeah. off. And then they wrote him off. And then the characters were like sad for about five minutes. And then they moved on. <laughs> and, <they're> like, <laughs> and I I mean, I really liked his character. So I feel sad that we're losing that character. But yeah, it, and it was it, it was also nice to see a man. of It was be. nice to see a man of color having that prominent mm-hmm. of a role as well. But um, yeah, it just uh, you can tell the writing this season was really not there. He didn't do very much this season and then he died unceremoniously. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he was really just there to have mournful heart to heart conversations with Bobby. Um, and then Bobby saved his ass multiple times. <laughs> well, I wonder how that felt so about basically having to be do every scene with him from like mid season onward. Yeah, she can I, handle him. I feel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope he would not be so bold as to. But no, I don't. Hand, I mean, I don't think there. I the accusations seem to be surrounding extracurricular activities and not on set interactions. Ah, I see. So I wasn't fully. I was going to ask you about this, so I'm glad that we're talking about it because I did not hear everything, but what I heard was terrible. Um. Yeah. So it was mostly harassing women online. Um. Sometimes in you know in person at conventions and. Oh God. Um. You know it's. I mean I don't think any statements have been necessarily made like in terms of specifics like publicly. I'm sure that if they, you know people have to pursue their own legal action if that's what they're doing. Mm. I'm glad there's more of a standard here that is not just straight permissiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God we're starting to. Well, get it's been, I mean, look at the show. I mean, how, with that many strong women and, you know, the way that you just, you can't, you can't, there has to be a no tolerance policy for that sort of thing. Yeah. It's a very striking vision of the future that doesn't really have a lot of time for old prejudices because they're here to explore new prejudices. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> exactly. That's it for me, really. Okay. Oh, All did right. you uh did you have has any of you seen um have any of you seen Hannibal? No. Uh no. Although I was amused that they're doing they I don't know if Clarice is a prequel or not, but I'm amused that they're doing another spin-off Silence of the Lambs show. Yeah, I and I noticed that one of the actresses from Hannibal, she played Freddie Lowndes. Um she is on the expanse. She is the uh the kind of second in command there to one of the Martian commanders. Oh, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, she was, she was hitting, was she was pretending crazy. to hit on Alex and mm-hmm. try to get information out of him. And then he, mm-hmm. they, I don't know exactly what, how it ended because there was a little after credit scene that was a little confusing. <laughs> are they dead? Number... Are they not dead? We're not sure. Yeah. There were a number of things implied by that scene and none of them were like, made you feel good in your tummy. No, they all felt very bad. Yeah, like I really do want to see what else is I think there's going to be more of an alien threat next season. Oh, uh, and the uh, final season, they they've said it's the last one. Oh, so they're definitely got to tie up those ends. So, guys, uh, just just so we're uh, this is I guess breaking news, but it just popped across my dashboard. Uh, Apparently, the CW is making live action. Powerpuff Girls series about the the girls being disillusioned 20-somethings who resent they lost their childhood to years of fighting crime. No. Thank you, CW, for bringing us the darker and edgier reboot no one asked for and no one needs. (laughs) I am going to watch to find out about Mojo Jojo. (laughs) (laughs) How is... uh, Okay, so Diablo Cody's working 
It may not be terrible, but um, oh, I love her. Yeah, um, but great, but but how um uh how does I would still want to know how the gritty teen reboot of the of Winx exists on Netflix? Like, who looked at that and was like, "We're gonna make a re- a gritty reboot of this fairy show, guys. It's gonna be great." Is that what that is? Yep. Oof. Yes. <laughs> it's the Winx Club. Like the old, very, very pretty, shiny, puffy, pink show from back in the day, but darker and edgier with real people doing the stuff. And less people of color than the original show had. Well, that's shitty. Yep. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so good. Love it. Uh, although speaking of CW things that might not suck, I saw the um, the first trailer for Superman and Lois today, uh, which oh, is. I'll have to go look it up. Yeah, it's um, I, I really like the tack they're taking, which is uh, instead of being a show about Superman saving the world, it's a show about Superman and Lois moving back to Smallville with their two teenage boys uh, and Aww. trying to fit in having a normal life while Aww. also being Superman. See, that uh, is a sitcom I do want to watch. Yeah, see, like, I'm, yes. I, I'm so, it's still going to have, like, Punchy Punchy, you know, it's a CW superhero show. Uh, but I, I'm really stoked by that premise, even though the trailer definitely has a lot of that unnecessary CW drama. Like, the kids find out that he's Superman, and then they're like, so you've been lying to us for years? And I'm like, that's not what my reaction would be if I found out my dad was Superman. <laughs> I'd be like, my dad is the coolest person ever <laughs> it kind of depends on where they're going with it but my assumption is they start at you've been lying to us for years and go from there to well you've been going out and beating people up randomly for, yeah as far as we can tell fun we're gonna do that now haha ha, screw you pops <laughs> so do their kids well, they, have powers they apparently one of the one of the boys will inherit powers and the other one won't uh which Weird. how does that work but Rough. Yeah, uh, it hey, works according really to wanna, hold on, hold on. But would you really want to be a mom to two boys with superpowers? Ugh. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, Hell nah. God bless Martha Kent. Teenage boys, no. But you know, if one of those boys has superpowers, the other boy is going to be the world's best investigative reporter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> Yeah, no, I was just thinking about the how how does superpowers only end up in one of the two kids? I mean, A, apparently recessive genetics, and B, by the same logic that uh, ended up with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger being <laughs> twins in the movie. <laughs> so no, wait, are we saying Kryptonian recessive? Because that is a interesting genetic theory. <laughs> <laughs> it could even be that they go for so long thinking he doesn't have powers and then maybe he'll start to exhibit that's randomly. probably true they did that yeah. on black lightning which by the way once I, again i, I think i thought of like jack jack where they're like jack, jack doesn't have any powers and you're like oh wait <laughs> he has all of the powers he does. yeah uh all right well we've been going for almost an hour yes we are point uh where it's time to talk about what we've uh one thing that we've enjoyed in pop culture this week uh i as always will uh, start this segment by talking about the video game i was playing while we recorded this podcast uh which this week was worms rumble uh which is uh the newest worms game that that had to come out um i don't know if you guys all played worms back in the day on pc and stuff uh or possibly Gunbound, uh, which was a big, you know, uh, browser game back in the early 2000s. Uh, but basically, the original were turn-based, uh, uh, like 
lob rocket shooter where you're trying to kill all the other cute British worms on the map. Um, Worms Rumble is the newest game that takes that formula and removes the turn-based aspect of it. So you're just running around a 2D map uh, trying to murder as many of your worm friends as possible uh, and not worry about you know, like strategy and timing, just shoot, 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 and shoot good. Uh, and it's really fun. I was surprised. I sort of thought that concept would suck, but it actually <laughs> ended up being a lot of fun. Um, so, and it's a good, you know, entertainer when you need your hands to be doing something so your brain could do something else like talk on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go next? I'll go next because I think my Great. answer is maybe not as expected as you as you think, considering that, you know, being in quarantine and everything, we are catching up on media and shows that we maybe missed or we just were too busy to watch when they originally aired. And for us, mm-hmm. that is uh, Veep. We have been oh. working our way through all of Veep, and uh, it's great because, well, A, Julie Louis-Dreyfus is glorious and brilliant, um, but also mm-hmm. because, like, interesting people keep popping in, and, like, you know, um, Alice and Janney was in an uh, episode very, that we saw very briefly, um, but it's just, it's cracking my husband and I up, and anything that we can do together that's making us laugh right now is okay worth by it. me. <laughs> yeah, worth it. So, yes, it is a... I'm not caught up in WandaVision. As my, one of my friends yelled at me today. She said, Amy, I can't believe you're not watching new Marvel content that's dropping weekly, and instead you're watching a 10-year-old show. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but it's great. And it's funny, and it's happy, and you know, it's, it's nice that I can enjoy it now because we no longer have a imminent threat to our democracy in the White House. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird how you can enjoy content so much more when you're not background stressing about the end of the world as you know it. <laughs> I, I really well. appreciate that in the last, like, what? It's only been 20 days since the inauguration. Oh, yeah. It's... So, yeah. I am reading more of the history of magic, and I just found out something that I find personally very exciting, um, but maybe isn't to other people. Um, I used to think the Sumerian civilization had like a literati class where only a few people could read and libraries were rare, but I just found out that a lot of homes of varying sizes and wealth levels had their own personal libraries which suggests a very different origin for Sumerian literature that I find very exciting. And I really mm-hmm. want to, and it makes sense because the Sumerian language comes from economically used signs used for trading and keeping deals. So this kind of um, is making me rethink about the beginnings of literature and the beginnings of um, uh, community uh, knowledge Thanks. and reading. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Cool. So I don't mind going. Um, So my life, uh, again, quarantine being what it is and also being in the midst of trying to get, you know, through my schooling to get eventually a psychology degree. I haven't uh, had a lot of time to experience new media, but what I have encountered earlier this week after a completely random visit to Reddit was something I thought was really, really cool. Uh, Apparently there's a game called Artifact where basically it is a single player journaling rpg wherein you create the story of a magical item object or artifact and it's history from creation through its various holders and wielders um oh my god that's cool yeah that's what i thought and i only found out about it because the reddit 
post was talking about, hey, the guy who made Artifact is com- is on Kickstarter right now with a new product called Bucket of Bolts, where you do the same thing with a spaceship. Yep. I'm oh. so excited. I I really I, I backed the Kickstarter immediately. I can't wait to dive in. I really hope it 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 the it pitches itself as you're making a ship like the Millennium Falcon or the Serenity, but I'm really hoping there's also like enough flexibility in it that we could put it, you know, we could get some developers together and do some Star Trek stuff with it. Ah, that would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So so the bucket of bolts one, you trace the the ship through its history as it goes from captain to captain and crew by crew through whatever universe it's it's exists in uh and just like oh man i am i mm, i want to play it so badly that sounds awesome because that also sounds really nice that it's kind of one of those things where because it's a single player you can just kind of do it whenever Yes, and yeah. it comes with its own ambient, like, meditative soundtrack that you can listen to as you go through making the story of your thing. Ooh, oh, that is so dope. And it's awesome. an excuse to buy a bitchin' journal. Yes. <laughs> I do not need any excuses. I have so many. I, I have a disease in which I have to buy adorable notebooks all the time. I have a fever. Oh, same. Honestly, I have been journaling for the first time in my life in the last three years, and I'm already up to five, and I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah the it, disease it, is called aesthetic. Yeah. It, it's also, like, one of those things, like, my my one regret of not being a classroom teacher is that I don't have to re-up all my school supplies every year. Right. And, like, that is, like, my favorite thing is, like, buying the new pens. Oh, I, I like, do it anyway. I'll just oh, buy yeah, new no, pens. Totally. <laughs> totally. But, like, I haven't had to. And, like, I, I was trying to think what was missing from my life in August. And it was, like perusing different stationery stores to you know get like my my school supplies for the year and mm-hmm. yeah no that's definitely don't, don't go into paper source you'll never leave i know oh. i know it's so dangerous and like when we used to go to japan town in the city we mm, uh yes. the little stationery store there like mm, mm. you can <laughs> you can everything's techn- so cute <laughs> Yes, and you can technically buy some stuff from them via the internet, but you can't go and like look at things same. and touch them but and you browse. Gotta touch it. You gotta yeah. like, look at it. That's yeah. the problem. With- yeah. You gotta see if it like feels right in your hand, you know, yeah. like and their their online selection is so much smaller too. Like I got right. some really awesome uh 0.3 lead pencils there. Cause Ooh. like if you're get, if you're buying them American, you can't get smaller than 0.5 lead. You just can't. But like yeah. in Japan, you can do, go down to 0.1 for that fineness of lead, so yeah. that you can like really pack your letters in and like do really fine detailing. And it's just ah, I can't go back there and get more leads or pencils until the pandemic is over. <laughs> Soon, soon. Hopefully, soon. Everybody wear a mask. Get schedule your vaccine. And please stay home. Please. The love of all that's holy. You can call ahead and they will leave a bag for you where you just call them when you get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, curbside pickup is awesome. Yeah. 
So uh, my geeky thing that I did is, um, so if you've been listening to the podcast at all, you know that I'm a huge Stormlight Archives nut. Um, It is my life. I love it so much. And so I decided because, um, spoilers, there's indications that there's a massive Cosmere crossover that's going to happen in... um, the Stormlight series by Brandon Sanderson. So I was like, you know, it's been like... Lindsay. My huh? friend Lindsay is a beta reader for him. Oh my god, oh, I'm so no. jealous. Whoa. so amazing. <laughs> so amazing. Um, but like, I I just adore, I adore the Stormlight archive so much. Um, so I was like, hey, you know, I it, it's been like, god, like 10 years at least since I've read Mistborn, I'm going to go back and uh, reread all of Mistborn. Um, and <laughs> he definitely has a style of hero and villain and mm-hmm. world. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize like just kind of how um, how similar his two fantasy worlds are between mm-hmm. Uh, Mistborn and uh, Stormlight. And I mean, like, to the point that even Vin is not quite as dour as Kaladin, but she still has that, like, I've been hurt too many times before. I can't let anyone get close to me. And I'm like, just fucking kiss Adolin. Or not uh, Adolin. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, like, freaking kiss. Uh, what's his face? God. Yeah, I know who you mean. I just don't remember um, his name. The lord uh it, it sounds like adolin which is why it's like messing me ellen. up ellen ellen venture ellen venture yeah yeah it's like just just kiss ellen like you guys are so adorable and like oh my god it was just oh so great to relive that love story again but um yeah it's it's super fun rereading through it and also starting to connect some of the cosmere like threads and kind of pull them together. Um, so that should be pretty exciting. I'm not looking forward to, uh, I think it's either the second or third book where it just gets real sad. Yeah, but, uh, it's definitely the third book. I think the second yeah. has a part of it too. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's, to that, but I'll do that. Unfortunately, that's the thing with uh, the Mistborn, the original Mistborn trilogy. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, dour sour and sad and intense world in the first place so you have a very like powerful opening act in which the person you thought was the actual central protagonist dies and then the story continues from there in book one uh book two is the middle act in which things have to get worse in order to set up the big problem to be solved in the ending and he goes real hard on that. Yeah. Well, and it's also like the second installment in the Mistborn world, um, Alloy of Law. Like the first book was fantastic because it's like a Western allomancy and like it's just kind of like shooting from the hip and just, oh, it's so great. And then like Bands of Morning, I was like, oh my God, what happened? Are we okay? Like, this is so sad. And then the third book in it got nice and happy again. So, um, but yeah, too. 
Yes, yeah, Brandon no, Sanderson no. is, among other things, I'd really look. good at telling mythic tales. Yes, yeah. yes. And I mean, it's amazing, like, the worlds that he's created. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's just so many simil- similarities. And I mean, like, hey, if it works, it works. And I love it. And I'm consuming it and really, really enjoying it. So, um, yeah, about to start the second book. Uh, super excited. And that that's kind of my nerdy thing, I think. What else have I done? Nothing <laughs> much. That's okay. Uh, it's quarantine, baby. Yeah. And I mean, of course, like WandaVision is just like blowing my brains out. Like, I know. They made absolutely the right call by making it a season like The Mandalorian, a show that you have to watch week to week instead of binging yes. it all at once. It yes. was the perfect call, and I hate them for it. They're doing <laughs> what Netflix will not do. Yeah. Um, all that? right. Well, folks, that's what that was all of us. Uh, if you want to find us, oh, what? Uh, one thing I'm super excited that's coming up soon is that the Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella is coming to Disney Plus. Oh yeah, the Brandy one. So, yes. I'm very excited. Uh, about that. Yeah, I love that one. So excited because that was like the first time that they did non-traditional casting, and they just don't talk about it. They're it's like, great. yeah, like mom is African American, dad is white, the kid is Asian. Who cares? <laughs> Let's have a musical. And the fact that like we haven't had anything like that since then, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Kind of sad, but yeah, super excited. Anyways, it's very very exciting. Um, okay, so if you want to find us at ace of geeks and we are on facebook if you search for the ace of geeks you'll find us um you uh my name is mike fatum and uh you can find me on twitter at vengeance god remember there's an a in vengeance uh amy where can they find you uh, you guys can find me on instagram and twitter at amy imhoff 1701 and I also have my own website <laughs> which is <laughs> those <laughs> numbers which is also amyimhoff.com Awesome. Uh, I don't remember if anybody else has any social media to plug. I think the rest of you are hi- in hiding. Oh, yeah. Mailing does. Mailing, plug your thing. Yes. Um, so I host a kind of on demand tutoring website called Office Hours with Mailing. And I stream once a week on Fridays at 8 30. And I also make cool little YouTube videos that answer your questions. So if you have a math or science question that you want me to answer, just send me an email at officehourswithml, all one word, at gmail.com. And watch her streams. They're great. They're really, yes. really cool. You should also yeah. check out her problem of the week. The one this week blew my brain. I loved it. You did <laughs> so good, though. You did so good. And I loved the post-it notes to, to make it uh, kinesthetic. I really appreciated that. That's awesome. It's the only way I could manipulate that kind of information. Jairus, where the can sound, they find this you? This sounds beyond my English major skills. <laughs> it's beyond mine, too. Don't I, worry. I'm not good at this stuff either, but gaming. Uh, you can email <laughs> us at A-C-E-O-F-G-E-E. K-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G at gmail.com That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at gmail.com
And uh, we will finish this episode the way we finish all episodes. Uh, Amy, you may want to back your ears off of your headphones a little bit. Oh. Hello and welcome Hello, to the podcast. podcast. <laughs> did we do it? We did it. We did it. Okay. Yay. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.